Open Patients with Amelia Rope, a podcast about business, well-being and chocolate. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Hope and Patience with me, Amelia Rope. Our guest today is Sarah Welsh, co-founder of the all-natural vegan luxury condom and lube company Hanks. Designed by women for women and described as a cult handbag item, Hanks is a potent force for female sexual health and empowerment. The condoms are even biodegradable. So time to talk with our guest. A huge H&P welcome to Sarah. Hi, thank you so much, Amelia, for the kind intro and for having me today. It's wonderful to have you here. I'm really interested in how founders get into their businesses, what they were doing before their previous chapters in life. Can you share with the listeners what you were doing before you created Hanks? Yeah, of course. I was actually working in medicine as a gynecology and sexual health doctor. Obviously, similarities with our brand that's all about sexual wellness. And my co-founder, Farah, was actually in investment banking. So very useful skills to have around numbers, finance, accounting. And we went to school together. So we have known each other for a long time and obviously went, you know, our respective ways and came back together through Hanks, really. I mean, we've obviously always been friends since, but in terms of working together, we that's how it all kicked off. We realised that actually no condom brand out there was speaking to people like us. I was seeing a lot of women in clinics in particular, you know, with either difficult to treat STIs, such as super gonorrhea that was like becoming resistant to antibiotics and a big public health problem. And so obviously the need for things like condoms to protect against STIs, but also women coming off hormones because of the side effects they have on our bodies. And even things like the ingredients in condoms and lubricant causing irritation or recurrent thrush or kind of negative side effects. So there were so many reasons that we should have a condom run out there that we felt good to carry by use, but also understand the ingredients, enjoy the brand. And we just felt there was no one out there like that. So we decided to start Hanks. And, you know, I would have no idea how you go about creating the product, road testing it, designing it. How did you do that? We didn't really know what we were doing when we started, I have to be honest. We, it was all very exciting and a lot of passion. And obviously, we were working full time and we had the idea. So a lot of research around how condoms were manufactured, where they were manufactured, what that process was like, what we wanted to be as a company, you know, sustainability side of things were really important. So condoms are actually a medical device so they need to be certified as a medical device and they go through really rigorous testing so we obviously did a lot of research it took quite a while to get to the point where we were ready to place the order and, and to launch the product we did a lot of research as well with our potential customers asking what they'd want out of a brand such as hanks like what would they want in the condoms do they know that you can have vegan options for example would they be interested in that so a whole load of research to kind of be sure there was a market there but also a lot of research into the actual manufacturing process of how you manufacture a condom and where you can manufacture them. And then we work together with the manufacturer to get the specification right, like vegan certified, clean scented, no nasty chemicals that other brands include, like anaesthetics and sperm sides. And then, yeah, the branding and packaging. So lots of learning involved and lots of support from people that know what they're doing. And I mean, I wish that you'd had your product around when I was in my sort of heyday. Really, there was only Durex to buy and there was a mass stigma to it. And you put it in your basket and you'd sort of hide everything over it because there was this thing of, you know, I don't want anyone to know. So it's so refreshing and liberating. And, you know, your packaging is so smart. As stylists said, you know, it's something that you can easily put in your handbag 
discreet, gorgeous, really clever. Out of interest, is there a lot of competition in your market, which is a sustainable, vegan, biodegradable condom? So interestingly, not in Europe, really. One or two other brands, but mostly there's some other companies doing cool things in the States. Not really in Europe. So obviously, hopefully we've got a bit of an edge there. And with the sort of funding of the business, I, when I had my chocolate business, I found that part of the struggle was always to keep the funds coming in because you've got to have more to keep growing it. And it can really take away so much energy on growing the business mm -hmm. by going around fundraising. Yeah. How have you gone about getting your, I think you've got a couple of investors on board. Um, yeah. Have you gone about securing the investment? And also, have you found it more challenging being women getting investment? Or have you found that it's been pretty easy? To be honest, we've been lucky, obviously, having a co-founder is amazing. You know, we tag team a lot of these efforts. We're both in it 100%. So we're equally as passionate. And Farah's got a finance background, which helps with the kind of investment side of things. We have raised a million pounds from angel investors since we've launched. Initially, we bootstrapped ourselves and put our own sort of life savings into condoms, which was interesting conversation to have with our parents but <laughs> creating our full-time job spending all a million condoms um so we did that initially and then we got money from angel investors and a lot of networking to be honest like i underestimated how important a good network was and is and we were lucky enough to be chosen to be on the accelerator co-working space in london co-working space called huckletree and they were amazing they were super supportive helped us with our pitch deck they've had mentoring they had sessions around marketing and building a brand and all of these great things and then at the end of that we pitched to investors and through that we met lots of potential angel investors and people that we partnered with through the brand so really amazing kickstart the business journey i suppose and in terms of being women, I think we come across as people who know what we're talking about. Occasionally, we have had negative pitch meetings, but I think everyone will go through that. And, you know, the stats out there are, are shocking. It's something like a penny to every pound of VC investment goes to women. But the people that invested in us invested in us because they believe that we're the right people to be doing this job and this business and they believe there's a market there. So I think that kind of speaks for itself. And we've got the right kind of investors on board that understand that. So we're lucky to have a great board of investors that are super supportive with the business. I wonder how founders are going to get on now fundraising, given our new sort of COVID environment where it's scary, isn't it? The way the networking plug is, there's no going out and catching up, so chatting true. to people. It's really difficult because I, I don't know about you, but I find that a Zoom call is a Zoom call. It's not that same connection yeah. as actually meeting over, someone. Having a chat. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be challenging. It's going really to is. everybody's going to have to rethink. On the COVID side, how have you found it has affected your market? If you have, I mean, I think reading everybody, a lot of the couples were just sort of going for it and having fun during lockdown. Have you found that sales have gone up or down or sort of plateaued? Or so we have actually seen an increase in sales, which is great. A lot of our audiences, our consumers, are in relationships or in a couple regularly using condoms as their primary form of contraception. But then we also have a lot of consumers that are dating or having, you know, casual relationships and new partners. So obviously that side of things has changed a little bit, is picking up again. But luckily we're online business, you know, we're direct to consumer, all of our fulfillment houses and our partners and carriers and things are all working well and as normal. So all of that was fine during lockdown. We're also available in Boots and obviously that took a little bit of a hit initially, but it's, it's picking up to normal now. So yeah, I mean, compared to lots of other companies, we're in a very lucky position. 
You've got some phenomenal stockists. I mean, Ocado, Amazon. I mean, there's a whole heap. You must visit Hank's website because it's more than just selling a product. There's huge amounts of information. You really learn a heck of a lot. I learned about how the other sort of condoms are full of junk, basically, aren't they? What do you think has been your biggest challenge so far in the business? And what have you learned from it, Sarah? Oh gosh, there's been many challenges that are still coming. Um, I think as a kind of a whole, it's being patient. I don't know, like that's the name of this podcast as well, being uh, patient. But (laughs) I'm not the most patient person. You know, you have an idea and you have like passion and this like mission of what you're doing and you're like, why is it not happening quick enough? Why are things taking so long? And I think that could really like hinder you if you don't just take a step back, let things happen, work with people and allow time because things do take time. So I'd, I'd tell myself at the beginning of the journey, like, do be patient. Things don't happen overnight and things change and pivot and you need to just adapt accordingly. So being patient's a big one and not underestimating the network. You know, if you pitch to someone or you talk to someone about something around partnership or stockist or whatever it might be, they might say no initially, or they might say no completely, but they might have someone else that might be interested or that they'll pass you on to someone else that there's a positive relationship with. And also buyers move. That's what I found. You know, as soon as the new buyer came in, it was like, yes, we want to bring new people in, which is shame because obviously the old people get sort of flushed through. But it's, yeah, it is interesting. It is that, as you say, it's that thing of patience. And then suddenly an opportunity can come in from nowhere. And you think, wow, I've waited so long. I never thought that opportunity was going to come. And then it just comes so sweetly and you think, well, it feels so natural. It's it's odd, isn't it? How do you keep your motivation up? Do you find that um, because you've got Farah as your co-founder that you motivate each other or how do you remain motivated? Yeah, we definitely do motivate each other. I do, I do suggest having a co-founder. It's great because when you're up or down, you know, like if I'm having a really down day or feeling really negative about things, then Sarah can lift me up and vice versa. And even just being out of the office, for example, like making sure that, you know, I say to Farah, go out of the office, I'll pick anything up, just switch off because it's so hard to switch off. Like, and both of us are really bad at it, even though we have got each other we are really bad at it because you know you could be on email 24 7 there's always something to be done like it's not like having a job where you can leave at the end of the day I think making sure that we kind of look after each other in that sense is, is good and staying motivated obviously that we definitely motivate each other and we've been supported by like obviously amazing friends and family that helps surrounding yourself with people that are supportive and for example our co-working space you know you're surrounded by other startups and people who are doing really exciting things and it's always helps to be in that kind of environment what have you learned about yourself running your own gig? That I do need to be more patient. I like having lists and taking things off, which I think was always the case. Like obviously in, in medicine as well, as a junior doctor, you're, you know, you have a whole load of lists, you have to prioritise. It's that kind of mindset that it's so different running your own business to working in a hospital, of course. But there are definite similarities and things that I learned through medicine that I can apply to work at Hanks. Um, and we're still quite a small team, but I'm obviously learning about how to manage people and that's newer to me in this in this area. So also presenting and pitching like Farah's much better than I am at that kind of stuff. And I get quite nervous, you know, even just like public speaking is not my kind of thing. So I feel like I've improved at that and I've had to learn and I've had to practice basically. And it's just been the more you do it, the easier it gets. And that's basically, again, it's like about being patient and letting time, you know, time and experience help. 
the word patience, I mean, my grandmother was called Patience and it's my middle name and I still struggle with it and it annoys yeah. me because I keep thinking, come on, come on. But it's that, I think it's that thing when you have your own business, your own thing is that you're hungry for more because you're bringing it up. You're, and you're, you've come from a caring background. I mean, that's how I, I used to work in the NHS, but as a practice manager was my last proper job. So very different from yours. But I struggled sometimes because I'm more of a carer yeah, and so I would be too soft yeah. in in some yeah. areas where someone who would have been my complete opposite because I didn't have a business partner. Is Farah that sort of balance? Yeah, we definitely balance each other out for sure. Like I'm definitely the softer one, and obviously that's not ideal in in many cases. People obviously warned us going into business together as well. You know, we're we're friends. I honestly couldn't do it with anyone else or any of my other friends. Like we are so different in terms of like how we do things, but also obviously share the same like excitement and passion for the business and are super hardworking but we're just honest with each other and like totally trust each other 100% it is like a marriage almost we have to be like that I think we're just yeah if if anything's bugging us or we have any problems we hash it out and talk about it and it just works really well and how old are you both so we're both 31 young full of energy I think. So before we head on to our chocolate break, another sort of question that I love to ask my guests is about the inner critic. You know, that sort of inner voice. I don't know if you ever have it where it says you should, you shouldn't. Do you have that inner critic at all? And if you do, how do you keep it at bay? Again, it's around surrounding yourself with supportive people. It's just being kind to yourself. Like you would in any scenario, like speaking to your friends and supporting your friends, you'd speak to them in a certain way. But I myself, and I know a lot of people are the same, you don't talk to yourself like that. You're a lot more critical and judgmental of yourself and what you do than you would be a friend. So I think you have to kind of think about what would I say to my friends in this scenario if this was happening to them or they'd done this. And it's just about owning that journey of what you're doing, what you're learning, and just making sure you learn along the way. And I think just making sure as a person you're staying healthy and happy. Yes, we're going to cover your well-being in a minute. (laughs) Um, Quick fire round that I do before we crack into the chocolate. Um, Optimist or pessimist? Optimist. Introvert, extrovert or ambivert? I'd say ambivert, but maybe slightly more introverted. Perfectionist or (laughs) non-perfectionist? I actually think I'm a non-perfectionist. Farah's definitely a perfectionist. I think I'm a little more chilled out on that one. Okay, so now finally, we can dive into our chocolate break, which is the Ferrero Rocher. Now, I was talking to Sarah before the show, and we were saying flipping hex quite expensive because I, I had to get a box of 24. I don't, how many of you How many of you? Um, I have as well. I mean, they're very fantastic. <laughs> to be honest, this Farah uh, did choose chocolate. I was hoping she'd be joining me. To- she did. She picked this chocolate. So, Sarah, have you got a, a Ferrero Rocher to hand? Yes, I have got my Ferrero Rochers here. Excellent. We're going to tuck into these. Now, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about the Ferrero Rocher. It was created by Michel Ferrero, and it was named after him and a grotto in Lourdes Rocher de Massabie. That's probably mispronounced. Apologies. Rocher means boulder or rock in French. Their production is top secret. No smartphones, notebooks or anything like that are allowed in the factory. And would you believe they are one of the top smuggled goods across the border from Hong Kong into mainland China? Seriously, along with baby food. Blimey. Yeah. 
Oh, and I'm learning so, a lot about the Ferrero Rocher that I didn't know. <laughs> well, I don't think one studies it very much, but <laughs> I haven't eaten one for years. They're actually not bad. They are really good. Farrah did decide these were the chocolate of choice, but I kind of agree with her. I know, and it's it's a shame that we haven't got Farrah on the show because these were Farrah's choice, weren't they? They were. I do like their nutty chocolate delight, and they're quite fun to eat because got, you know, layers to them. Yum. I think I'll probably tuck into my box of 24. But anyway, <laughs> onwards. So I have a quote from Conrad Hilton. Success seems to be connected with action. Successful people keep moving. They make mistakes, but they don't quit. Sarah, what are your thoughts on success and failure? I like that quote. I think they're intertwined. And obviously, success has such positive connotations and negative associations towards failure. But actually, in order to be successful, you need to have failures along the way. Like I'm sure any successful person would say that. And it's also very subjective. Like what does success mean to you might mean something completely different to someone else. Although we've munched, I don't think we can say it's totally healthy food. <laughs> Looking at your well-being, Sarah, how do you take time out from Hanks? I love running and I love uh, exercising and like fun exercise classes. So for me, like that is a really good way to unwind, switch off, go for a run. Um, and I try and kind of integrate that into my day. Just spending time with friends, family, my husband, laughing, going out for dinner, drinks. Yeah, surrounding myself with people I love. If I don't if I don't exercise, if I don't sleep or see people that I love, then I'm not functioning at my best. I'm pretty grumpy. So there are some key ones for me. They're your tonics. Yeah. We all worry at times, or I certainly worry. How do you manage your worry? I'm a talker. I have to share it. Like a problem shared is a problem halved. I all I totally believe in that and I think it helps me to talk through it, to vocalise it, to cry, to whatever I need to do, rather than just push into the carpet. So, yeah, definitely talking through them. And do you ever struggle with sleeping at all? And if you do, what do you do if you can't sleep? I am very lucky. I can sleep very well and I do sleep very well. Farah is the complete opposite and has awful insomnia. So she has tried everything under the sun to sleep. For me, I'd say switch off your laptop or your phone because it's so easy to bring it to bed and or whatever you like be on it until like the early hours in the morning and that's obviously not healthy so I always try and advise Farah that as well there's loads of different products you can try and use but mindfulness is another one I think just kind of getting your mind in the switch off relax zone is probably a, a good one but I'm definitely lucky that I don't have any issues sleeping and a bath I find a bath oh yes love a good bath. yeah is there any food that you eat that helps you feel really good or gives a bit of a sort of tonic depends what mood i'm in like i love a like a hearty warm soup if you want to like feel relaxed and wholesome and um my grandma used to make amazing soup yeah i think soup's a good one suddenly starting to feel a bit cooler in london now i don't know i feel like it's starting to feel more autumnal so i, I can start thinking of soup again otherwise just a fresh lovely salad do like a good classic fresh salad do you have a book or a song or both that you would like to recommend to the listeners? I've actually just read, I know everyone's reading it at the moment, so it's probably not very original, but Normal People, which was really good. By Sally Rooney? Yes, Sally Rooney, exactly. Um, I haven't read it yet, oh, so you're really ahead good. of me. It's really good, because it? they've made it into a TV show. Um, That's right, yeah. But it's really good, really good. I really loved it, and I enjoyed the book more than the show, actually. But that was really good, and... 
the other one I read recently was called The American Wife. I can't remember even who the author was. One of our directors suggested I give it a read and it was so good. I really, really enjoyed it. All about kind of like relationships and moving through life and different challenges and good fun. I like a good novel and I'm quite a romantic as well. So It sounds one to add to the bookshelf. <laughs> yeah. What advice would you give people thinking of starting up a business? Go for it. Make sure you do your research. You know, you can go in prepared and surround yourself with good people. Keep persevering. Be patient. Get yourself a co-founder if you can. Yeah, just take the leap. I think so many people talk about doing it and don't if you actually go for it. And if it's a market and you're passionate about something, you can definitely achieve what you want. Yeah, it is. It is that thing about going for it. You've just got to fly. Sometimes you look down and you think, oh, crikey. And other times you think this is the most amazing thing. Exactly. Um, as you know, the show is Hope and Patience. And I love to ask um, my guests where they've had to have most hope and patience in their life. It can be business or it can be personal or anything. I'd say patience, definitely with Hanks. As the business has grown, perhaps it hasn't initially been as quickly as we planned or anticipated so I think just being patient and knowing that things will come together and like you say you know as a business owner you're the one that's working around the clock and really pushing everything going through but we have to work with other people and suppliers and a whole load of other people are involved and you know you have to be patient with them as well. Hope when have I needed hope? A few different times hope I mean, this is more of a personal one, but so my mum um, wasn't very well um, last year and a half ago. Obviously, it was very scary for all the family, but I think we just had to kind of pull together. It was a tricky time, but everything was fine in the end. And I think hope got us through that. It's yeah. a very strong value, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. So, Sarah, where can our listeners find your fantastic products? And um, have you got anything new that you'd like to share with them? And also, I have to say that Sarah is a podcaster too. And she has a podcast called Knickerbox Glory. Check that one out. Where can they get your fantastic products? Oh, thank you. Yes. Yeah, so, hanksofficial.com. So, H A N X official.com is our website. And we have subscriptions or one off purchases. We're also sold in Boots on Amazon and a um, few other uh, places you can see our stock is on our website. There are loads, by the there way. Are, yeah, there are lots. There'll be somewhere near you, I'm sure Sure of that. Cardo, um, all those good places. We are actually, um, we're always very open to what customers want and just launch a large size condom. And if the people, you know, we get feedback about different products, like, let us know and we'll try and do what we can because we're small and quick to move um, for new product launches. But we're also launching a new range, which is kind of hush-hush at the moment, but we have sent out our first teaser email today around vaginal health products. And that launches next week. So keep your eyes peeled on our website. How exciting. Yeah. So thank you, Sarah, so much for joining us all. It's been a real treat to chat to you. I feel like I've still got about 50 questions that I'd love to ask you and we've run out of time. But um, I feel I'm just so happy to have had you on the show and you've shared some really precious insights with our listeners. So thank you very, very much. Oh, thank you so much. It's been lovely chatting, Amelia. Thanks for having me. So before I go... This is my book recommendation for the episode. It's In a Japanese Garden by Shemaine Asarapa. 
haiku with woodcut illustrations and it's just it's a really divine book uh, I've got quotes on the website so do get yourself a copy of that and the quote is by Nora Ephron the American journalist filmmaker and writer above all be the heroine of your life not the victim a huge thank you for listening to this hope and patience podcast Don't forget to subscribe to get the latest episode. And if you're enjoying the show, it would be truly fab if you could rate and review it. Any book recommendations, quotes, songs can be found in the show notes and on the website too. Until the next time, however tough the times get, keep that inner sparkle you have. Open Patience with Amelia Rope. Join the conversation at hopeandpatience.co.uk. Find Amelia on Facebook at Hope and Patience or on Twitter and Instagram at Amelia underscore Rope.